going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. A proud member of Underdog Fantasy, and I'm going to continue saying this each week, to use promo code TRIPLE. Football season has not yet started. Thank goodness that's the baseball side of my brain speaking. But that means you can draft. That means you can do deposit matches. And Underdog got you with up to $100 if you use code TRIPLE. Doc hosting again, just the menage a trois. No David again this week. Joined by LC. I feel like I normally introduce Marty first. So I'm going to go with you first. How's life? Life's pretty good, man. Life's pretty good. I feels weird going before Marty, but this is age before beauty, clearly. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, I think we're all looking pretty good today. Uh, uh, MLB, uh, waiver system, maybe not, but we'll talk about that later. Ooh, that's a professional good sneak. teaser there. Yeah. And we also have the aforementioned Marty party. How's it going? Dude, I'm great. Uh, for those in the, in the sales business, it's the last day of the month. So it's been a grind all week and especially today. And on a personal note, this weekend, I got to see Justin Verlander go against Miguel Cabrera one last time. And I put money on Verlander to strike him out in this first at bat. And he did. What were the odds? I don't remember, but pretty good. Let me, I'll get back to you on that. All right. And Marty mentioned for uh, those listening on the podcast, it's probably after the 31st. But as of recording tonight, last day of October, we have September. We have one October day in the regular season. And then the postseason is here. So we're really coming down to the final stretch. And we're going to keep giving you guys that we think can make impacts on your lineups, starting with our WOW players. And we're going to start off with Hunter Goodman from the Rockies. So called up first four games, five hits, three RBIs, two runs. Now he did play in 106 games between two levels this year and had 34 home runs. So the power is encouraging. The average is a tale of two different stories. In 91 games in double A, he hit 239, 15 in triple A, albeit a small sample size, hit 371. The thing to note about Hunter Goodman, though, is he had a 25% strikeout between both levels at the minor leagues. And so far through 16 at-bats, he has a 31.6K percentage. Marty, I'm saying a lot of bad things about Hunter Goodman. Is there a positives with him? Number one, he plays in cores. So if you're on Yahoo or any of the other leagues, catcher eligibility, playing at cores, um, that's all I need right now to at least take an, uh, you know, take a look at him. Um, coming two for four, one game, two for four, the next one for three, you know, he's playing, he's batting sixth in the lineup. He's got three home games this weekend. Uh, he's going to be going for a little bit of fab. I think a two catcher league, he's fine. You know, I think that's where you can really get the most out of him. Um, or if you're kind of, you know, you're at like, Probably not bad for like a 12 team league just to see what you can do. Uh, but I'm, I'm a wait and see right now in like a standard league. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I mean, Marty hit the nail on the head. Plays in cores and two catcher leagues. He's somebody that you need to scoop up, especially with that power that we've seen. Talking with the poster boy here, Lu- Luis Rengifo, second base, third base, shortstop, outfield eligible, at least on ESPN. He is this generation's Marwin Gonzalez. And the last seven games, video game numbers, 556 batting average, 625 on-base percentage, a 1.037 slug, 
Six extra base hits with three of those being home runs, eight RBIs, six runs, five walks to only two strikeouts. Now, right now, he's at 118 games played for his career, uh, for the season. His career highs, 127. So he's likely going to smash that. But it's a tale of two stories. This was a guy that hit 219 in the first half. Mike Trout's back on the aisle. The Angels are essentially tanking. So what are we thinking? Well, when you, when you look at Rangifo, you know, this is, it seems to be someone just, I have it on full screen. It sounds like someone popped in. There could only be one person. Ah, okay. 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 I see. I see. Um, Rangifo does this. He did this last year. He got hot the second half once the Angels were out of it. Um, you know, he backed up last season's strong, strong season and he's doing it again. He's going to surpass last season's numbers. Uh, one thing that you have to watch out for him, he is, uh, 335 with a 560 slugging against lefties hitting right handed against righties hitting left handed. He's only a 230 hitter, the 383 slug. Uh, he might be one of these guys that you maybe at some point is a full time right handed hitter because he's just not that effective as a lefty. But I love him. If there's a lefty on the hill, I, I think he's in every, Every uh, game start as a lefty on the field. Uh, you got to love that. But, uh, you know, this is Rangifo, second half, second half Luis. That's what I'm going to start calling him. This is the second season in a row he's done this. No, it's a good point. And, you know, sometimes players get hot in certain months. And it's kind of that uh, same player, fool me once, shame on you. Or fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. So maybe from a fat perspective, somebody that, you're a little wary about, but we got a special guest. Hey. Steve Mendy in the house. What's up, boys? Very special guest. Two of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. My niece. That's right. Yeah, Is this her just, first podcast? I had to make sure she got her first podcast yeah. appearance. She just had a battle of Fort Knox in her pants, but <laughs> <laughs> she's all changed and ready to go. She's a little shy. Oh. She looks sleepy. Uh, yeah, she's. I think she's ready for her snoo. The best gift, or the best invention for babies ever. Uh, but I just came into some Luis Rendifo call. And it sounds like right. Art, Art's thinking he's strictly platooning. I definitely, when, when, uh, if you're picking up Rangifo, he's worthy of a sh- team streamer. If there's a lot of lefties coming up in your weekly lineups, put him in. If you have him on a day to day, he's perfect because you can just curate his, uh, his starts to when lefties are going. I really like that. He crushes lefties. Just had a two-homer game the other day, too. Yeah, I guess who's playing him in a home league? Oof. Uh, I'm, I'm right. just here, boy. I'm just here, boys. You continue with the show. I just needed to David, be David, David, you actually came at the perfect time because the next person I'm talking about, David Schneider, is <laughs> a WOW player for the second time. I went on Reddit, and somebody looked at this picture of David Schneider, and they said he looks like an undercover boss. I was that's saying undercover cop or something. Undercover boss. That's that's. I see that. I, I shout out to that show. It's a great show, by the way. Also, you guys have guesses about whole how old David Schneider is. Uh, Four. Uh, Forty. Forty-six. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say he's twenty-nine. David Schneider is twenty-four. Oh, Oldest twenty-four-looking year old ever. But we'll stop talking about Davis Schneider's outside life, and we'll talk about baseball instead. So over the last five games, a 473 batting average, 
three homers, eight RBIs, seven runs, and he's even shipping a steal in there. He is second base, and Marty has mentioned on previous shows how shallow second base is this year. He's hit fourth or fifth every day since he's had an everyday role um, with the Blue Jays over those five games. And Bo Bichette on the aisle with a right quad strain. This is the knee that he had problems in earlier this year. And Matt, Ch- Matt Chapman with a sprained right finger on the aisle. So he's locked in an everyday role. Now, what I think is really encouraging about Davis Schneider is he has a good walk rate, 18.4% in AAA this year, 15.8% in the majors. Yes, he does strike out a lot, but that's kind of the true outcome game of a walk, home run, or strikeout. The BABIP of 538 won't continue, but Toronto is fighting for a playoff spot. They're actually two games out of the last wild card, and they're going to play who's ever hot, which is Davis Schneider. And that's why they have him hitting in that fourth, fifth spot every day. Mm-hmm. I would say on that bad bit, um, this weekend he's going to Coors, so it might it might stay around Ooh, that. Oh, he might be invited to a party later today either. I don't know. Maybe. Ooh, David Schneider gets invited to a party. <laughs> Rated PG thirteen. Oh man, I missed you guys. It's been too long. Well, David, you can chime in whatever you want with the commentary that we have. Talking about the pitching side, Yanir Cano. So what's interesting, he's received received one out of the two save chances since Felix Bautista's injury. He has 29 holds, which leads the major leagues, and he has five blown saves, which has blown essentially 50% of the save opportunities. He's been a Jekyll and Hyde pitcher. He had a rough July, a 4.5 ERA. The velocity on his fastball was coming down, but he hasn't given up a run in 12 August innings. But Marty, we've seen this sometimes where teams essentially don't want to move someone out of their role. I think of Adam Adovino historically, who has been way more successful as a setup guy rather than a closer. Cano is probably picked up in most of your leagues. So I guess for the rest of this season, what are your expectations? Is he a top five, top 10 closer? It feels more pieces out. I think he's closer to that 10th. Uh, that might be our time to go. <laughs> Getting he doesn't like... You trashing Yainer Cano, Eric. That's not trashing. Yes, it's for Ken Close. Your good voice is going to be on the podcast. Oh, there you go. She's going to be hosting for me any day now. She ain't taking my job. Love you. <laughs> All right, guys. I'll Ford just takes over the show. I'll, I'll catch you guys later. See you, buddy. Nice hey, seeing you. Thanks for popping in. That was awesome. Um, yeah, Cano. So uh, I think more of, yeah, definitely closer to the top 10, 11, 12 range. The rest of season projections uh, for the bat have him for four more saves um, for whatever that's worth. Um, I'm worried about when, you know, them using DL Hall, you know, when they need a lefty or, you know, any type of situational lefty, I can see them maybe, you know, uh, kind of going back and forth. But if there is one guy to own in that uh, bullpen, it is Cano right now. But I wouldn't expect more than four or five saves moving forward, which actually is not that bad. There's only a month left. So um, actually, I want to put that into perspective. Uh, they also think that Trevor May, they think he's going to get five saves. Kyle Finnegan projected for five more saves. Chapman, only two saves. Alex Lang, three saves. So he's kind of in that Carlos Hernandez, Adam Ottavino, Cano. You know, they're all they're all around that four. So um, larger leagues, you already scooped them up. In holds leagues, he's, he's been scooped up since day one. But um, 
shallow leagues, only if you really need it. He is essentially what we call a handcuff, a high-end setup guy. And this is a popular fantasy football term for taking the backup running back, especially in a high-scoring offense. Um, I, I stashed him in our uh, home points league because he was someone that j- would just give you great ratios. You get some points for holds, obviously, more for saves. But I think guys like that that are just uh, – same thing with Chris Martin with the Red Sox. That's me. That's my other – um, reliever, you can't go wrong with those guys that have great ratios because whether it's injury or poor performance from the other guys that they always have a chance to close games. And the Orioles are continuing to win games. They are. Close games too. They haven't been blowing mm-hmm. teams out as much. We're going to go from my hometown team to Art's hometown team. And we're talking with Jordan Wicks getting wiki with it. Debut outing, five innings, two hits, one earned, one walk, nine Ks. And one of those hits was a leadoff home run to Gabrian Hayes. He had a little bit of trouble in that first inning, but then retired 15 in a row. Now, what is to note is he doesn't throw fast. His fast, his fastball was averaging 92.5 miles per hour, uh, in his outing, but he throws a changeup around the 80, 81 range. So there is some speed variance. When you look at his stats in the minors, he had a 223 batting average, a mid three ERA. He does walk a decent amount of guys around three per nine this year. His next start is at Cincinnati. Both teams are fighting for wild card spots. Art, what can we expect from Mr. Wicks? Wicks has, you talked about his changeup. That's the pitch that he throws most often. It's also his best pitch by scouting grades. I think it's a circle change, not just, not a straight change. And that's just going by its movement, uh, as consistent, like a circle change movement as I, as I look at it. Uh, but that's, that changeup is good. The one problem with a changeup, and you see this in his minor league stats, is that if he doesn't have the feel for it uh, that well, he's prone to giving up home runs. In, in, uh, in his double-A uh, between 2022 and 2023, he gave up 14 home runs in 86 innings. That's 1.5 home runs per nine, which isn't terrible. But you know that uh, – in a place like Cincinnati, his next start at Cincinnati with their revamped outfield, that could be a bit of a dangerous start. I might not do it just because it is such a bandbox. But with his strikeout stuff, that, that changeup got most of the strikeouts he got in that first. Of course, he did get a few on a, on a pretty, pretty sweet cutter. Uh, the, the fastball, the only strikeouts he got were, were strikeouts looking. But when you have a good changeup, you got a decent cutter, you can sneak that fastball right through, little Kyle Hendricks style. They're not looking for it. Just sneak a ninety-two mile per hour fastball right past him. Uh, I think he's. I think he's. A, he's a strong starting option. I think he's someone you want to hold. I think he's a team streamer at this point. But with that, with a decent K upside, I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't start him against teams that have good power because he he does have a tendency to give up some home runs. Muted. I think that's a that's a good point is that at, at this point of the year maybe you're not playing guys but you're picking them up to stash because if they have another good outing you don't want to be the one that doesn't have them or that they be used against them and sometimes the best offense at this point is playing defense and even if you don't need pitching guys like that you know we're coming into the last month of the season especially for the Cubs that are fighting for a playoff spot if he's performing or even SP4 SP5 level they're going to not limit his innings. He might throw five to six each game, but they're not going to skip his turn in the rotation like you would see if he started out the year April, May. But 
Talking with the last guy, another rookie, Kyle Harrison. First two MLB starts, he's 1-0 with a 1.86 ERA, a 1.14 whip, 16 strikeouts to three walks, including 11 strikeouts last outing versus the Giants in San Francisco. Pitching in AA this year, he had 21 starts where he went 1-3, a 4.66 ERA, a 1.52 whip. What is to note on both levels so far is his extremely high K percentage. It's at 35.6%. He is the number one prospect for the San Francisco Giants. I think he is going to have such degrees of high variance games. I think we're going to see like what we did against the Reds, where in 6.1 innings, he gives up three hits and strikes out 11. That might be his best game of the season, but it wouldn't surprise me if he struck out seven to eight on a regular basis. But then if he was lit up for seven and two earned or seven earned in two innings, sometimes, uh, his expected ERA is 2.97. So over an entire run higher, he walks close to three per nine this year in the minors. He was walking over six and a half per nine. The home runs per nine was 1.37. He's a guy that is very Jekyll and Hyde. And I think you have to expect that if you play him. One of the interesting things, if I could chime in about tri- AAA walks, and this has been noted on other podcasts, is that since they are using the robo-umps for balls and strikes in minor leagues, people's walk rates have improved from AAA to Major League Baseball, uh, not, not to mention that catchers are good at stealing some strikes at the Major Leagues, but that those, those high walk rates in AAA do tend to come down once they get to the Major Leagues. That's a good point, Art. And yep. even if you've heard it on other podcasts, I think it's important information to relay, especially as relevant to, you know, when we talk about these things. And Doc, I want to ask you, so Kyle Harrison for at San Diego Saturday, would you start him? I would. I, okay. I would if you need it. If if you're sure. comfortable, I wouldn't. San Diego Padres WRC plus of 117 versus lefties this year. So good versus lefties. Now, what about the second one? Home versus Colorado. Nice. Yeah. I would do that. There we go. So maybe a pickup stash. Yeah. Just like we talk about a lot. And, you know, we talk about three hitters, three pitchers each week. And I think the difference at this point in the season for hitters, you're looking at people that are look that are in good lineups and are accumulating at bats. Quantity is more at this point in the season because even if you play in a roto league, the one category that can drag you down in is batting average. But pitching, quantity isn't necessarily more or better because you can get a guy that will give you more strikeouts, but could kill your ratios with one out of a two bad outings. And wins aren't guaranteed. So just something to consider when you're adding these guys moving forward. But good talk, gentlemen. We'll go to our most added players courtesy of cbs every thursday morning so if you have a problem take it up with them yanir cano up 40 percent 71 percent roster that's crazy that it's that that little or that he was that few owned before jordan wicks up 40 percent adam duvall jacksonville loves him up 29 percent kyle harrison up 20 percent tanner scott up 19 percent cole reagan's up 17 percent still crazy how he's only owned in 83 percent of leagues Brian Wu up 16% and Josh Rojas once again at 16%. Any surprises? I love the Wu, man. I went I put him as a should start um last week his first his first start was incredible. Unfortunately, his second start was pushed to Monday because that's that's how the cookie crumbles with two-star pitchers. But yeah. Uh 
nothing. Duvall's back. The power's back. His wrist, his wrist is finally healed. So hopefully you can scoop him up, get that extra power here for the next month. And he was on a homer tear to begin the season before he fractured yeah. his wrist. That Red Sox lineup has been overperforming. So definitely someone. And uh, Jaron Duran is out for the year uh, yeah, with Toto. Yeah. So that that's actually one of the guys in the most dropped. Um, he's been dropped 11%, not the top. Bailey Ober, this is interesting. Minnesota is five up on the division. And I know Bailey Ober has been struggling out of late, but to option him to AAA at this point in the season, I'm surprised they didn't move him to a bullpen role or have him be a, a, a piggyback guy. They must know something that we don't, you know, to, to, to make that kind of move. That is interesting. Um, you're right, Marty. Maybe there's something going on more than we don't know about. Um, Jay Cronenworth dropped in 17% of leagues. He fractured his wrist, is likely out for the rest of the season. David Robertson looks like he might have lost his closing job, yep. down 11%. Nick Pavetta, this is the second straight week that he is down double-digit percents. He is not injured, to my knowledge. He had a bad outing recently against the Braves. Is there something I'm missing with Nick Pavetta? Uh, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, it's just we don't know what his role is. It seems like he's going back and forth. And I'm looking now at the the probable grid, and he is not in it at all. So for Boston coming up, he is you know it's it's Paxton, Hauk, Sale, Bellow, Crawford. So looks like he's coming out of the uh, the bullpen again. Uh, for yeah. Bailey Ober, they're they I think they're preserving his arm. They're trying to limit his innings. So. Uh, you know, I'm just going to quote uh, Dave McDonald. Bailey's season might be over. Oh, <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. And then rounding out the, li- the list, Chase Silseth down 11%. Oof. Christopher Morell and Brady Singer each down 10%. Art, one of my favorite sections, bring out your dead. Take it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring out your dead this week. Thanks, everyone. We had We had a lot of submissions this week for bring out your dead, and I thank you all. For, for bringing it to me, you know, there's, there's been a, <clears throat> everyone's having their, their, their stretch run here. Everyone's remembering the season. I'm remembering mistakes I made at the draft table, including one. I wish I could have severed my ties with Luis Severino, uh, because I, 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 I drafted him on a team where I was doing a, a pocket aces strategy and I, diverted for one pick to get Severino because I really thought that he was going to come back this season and be be his old self again. Uh, the strategy of a pocket aces is you get your aces, two aces up top, and then you just forget about pitching for you know eight or nine rounds. I was doing that. I was sticking to the strategy. I diverted when I could have picked someone like an outfielder that I, I could have used and got Severino. Got nothing from Severino, and guess what? My pitching is still first, best in the league, and my hitting is so bad that I'm not even going to come close to contending. Uh, I don't know if that one draft pick would have changed it, but uh, you know, if I was going to bring out my dead, I, you know, if Severino's not dead, I'm, I'm, a, I'm gonna kill that man. I'm gonna kill him. But I should kill myself for making the draft mistake. Uh, that, that's what I'll say. Now let's go to what you guys brought on for bring out your dead. I thank you all for writing in. I'm going to start here with T-Ball who writes, um, wander. We all know. The thing with that is that you don't follow him back art. (laughs) Stop it. Follow back. Follow back. Uh, 
everyone, uh, <laughs> this is going to be a hard one for this week for, for that reason. Everyone knows why Wander's on the list. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go into it. He's hurting a lot of teams that, this time of year after, after coming out in a breakout season. Wander Franco really having a tough, you know, really hurting a lot of fantasy rosters right now. Let's not go into why. We're going to go to all Brighty then, who brings up Carlos Correa. Uh, you know, Carlos Correa, fairly close to Dan Vogelbach's production this season. And when you look at him, I, I wanted to point out what a year Carlos Correa has had. His G- San Francisco Giants deal fell through. His Mets deal fell through. Uh, so this is technically one of those guys that's in the first year of a big deal. But when you look at him, he's still only turning 29 in a month. So he's still pretty young. Who knows if the injury concerns that the Giants and Mets saw are the cause of this, or if it's the first year thing, if it's just a down year, tough to say. I'm not sure where you put him next year. He's his draft price was depressed. It was around 130 or 140 uh, coming into this season. <clears throat> Who knows where to value him for next season? Definitely further down than where he was this season. I want to also bring up uh, one, uh, Eric, who brings up Dylan Cease, traded for Dylan Cease in a big move to try and bolster his staff for the home league, and it has not worked out. I want to point out uh, Edward's tweet. Edward had a, <laughs> this a dog who was shivering, and and the the uh, the caption is Dylan Cease when anyone is on base. Uh, his Dylan Cease in the second half has given up a 278, 386, 411 triple slash against him in the second half. Now I was trying to find a player comp for that. And it's pretty close to what Paul Goldschmidt has done this season. It's a little bit lower on the slugging. Or it's a better leadoff season than the breakout of Hassan Kim. So to give you a little bit of you know levity in this situation, Dylan Cease. Who are the top five rappers? Dylan, 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 and Dylan. Because I spit hot fire. So that's... Uh, that's a little Dave Chappelle callback for y'all, y'all who remember the, the old Chappelle show. He spits hot fire. Dylan Cease just throws meat pitches, which get hit out at the speed of hot fire. Um, next, we are going to talk about Ben uh, Ben Ogbiani, who did not mention uh, that this was a bring out your dead. He wanted to ask about uh, whether he should cut Zach Geloff or Spencer Steele. I thought this was a good. Uh, good opportunity to talk about this. I'd cut Geloff. He's won for his last 21, even though he's having a good season. I like Steer. I like the Cincinnati Reds lineup better. I think that they're going to be going for it. I also think he's got a solid spot there. And he asked if he should activate J.D. Martinez or Buxton. Uh, J.D.'s my guy in that one. I still don't know what to expect from Buxton. But Mostly, I wanted to point out, this is probably not the Benny Agbayani, the ex-Met, who had uh, a, a huge home run in the National League Division Series against the San Francisco Giants in 2002. Um, so it, if it is Benny Agbayani, thank you for playing, being a fantasy ball player and writing in to play fantasy baseball show. But Benny Agbayani, the, uh, the Twitter handle, has as his picture 
a fantastic picture of Aaron Boone making fun of, uh, I think, Laz Diaz, the umpire. And if you want to see uh, the video, the John Boy video that breaks down that exchange, it was about three weeks ago. I think it's called Boone Tells the Ump He Stinks. It is one of the better John Boy videos of the season. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And Aaron Boone having a tough year, taking it out on Laz Diaz. Laz Diaz was not having it. Check it out. The lip reading on that one is way too good to pass up. One Martholomew Tallman brings up Estuary Ruiz. Uh, Aaron Cameron, uh, I think a, 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 uh, an A's fan, wants to have an honest conversation about him. Now, when you look at Estuary's percentile rankings, he's in the first in exit velocity, the first in hard percentage, the first percentile in ex-woba, the first in ex-slugging. The second in barrel percentage, the second in walk rate, a leadoff hitter who provides negative value in runs scored. He's the number 40 outfielder on Razball because he provides $20 of value on the season for his stolen bases. What is his total value on the season? $7.50. So therefore, the other categories, he's a negative $12.50, just uh, a piss poor second. Uh, season in the other categories he's only a steals guy and in the second half he's only hitting 173 with seven runs scored if you've been keeping Estery Ruiz on your roster uh all second half uh you've been hurting with that production you cannot you cannot do that the man is a leadoff hitter who does not score runs of course that's the A's but it's also that on-base percentage that Estery Ruiz provides and it's really been hurting uh, uh, all the owners of that. Last but not least, Dr. Mike Carter brings up Giancarlo Stanton. Giancarlo Stanton, who has four seasons left on his, on his, uh, on his huge contract for $98 million. No longer the, uh, the fastball hitter that he used to be. He's hitting 200 on fastballs over 95 miles per hour this season. He's slow, can't play defense, and he's injured every season. The 99th best outfielder thus far, negative $6.40 value on the season. Uh, the question I have, is there even potential in this bet anymore? He's cl- yeah. got- No. Come on. I, 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 why would anyone draft John Carlos Stan at all this year? I mean, that's me being tongue-in-cheek, but he gets hurt. I mean, he... He is older than his age. He has played a lot of ball. Him being DH strictly or primarily will limit the amount of playing time that he has. Especially and to be honest, judge ages. Yeah. To be honest, mm-hmm. if he's not hitting for power, then there's no use for him. Yeah. For I would say for a stand, he would have to change his entire body. Like he would have to start doing yoga, lay off the protein shakes, and just get down a leaner version of himself. But the Yankees, they're showing like they don't care anymore. Like they'll 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 cut everybody. Like they they're they're done with this roster. So I don't know what they're gonna do with him for the next three years. But I I I won't be owning. I kind of no. want to pose this question: When somebody says that they're having like a uh, like a John Carlos Stanton physique, we've seen Tyler O'Neill come out and he's gonna be more jacked. Does this ever work out for the player? That's a great question. I mean, there's, I mean, Barry Bonds, right? That's the one shiny. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. It's, but he was already one of the, he was already like the best hitter in baseball. So 
he I was, don't know. He was strong and jacked, but not like a not an Adonis figure. I like hear what you in, yeah. It's I don't. Um, I mean, Judge Tyler has O'Neal, that. Judge. Yeah. yeah. I I mean, and you and you also look at someone like Barry Bonds. If your steroids help an in injury prevention, so that's another thing that 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 a guy like Stanton won't have the benefit of for for his uh, for his production. He's not getting the benefits of injury uh, prevention that that a guy like Bonds got when he bulked up. Yeah, I know Barry's not going to admit to it, but we all know the truth. Uh, Barry, you know, if if there was something like steroids that Stanton could take. To keep his injuries down, but he's just too slowed by them at this point in his career. He's not, like you said, he's he's not that old, but he's old. He's old, and yeah, uh, yeah that those are the those are the guys that I'm putting on the cart. Wander, Estery Ruiz, <laughs> there, uh, Stanton, yo uh, Severino from from your boy here. We got Dylan. We got uh, we got you know Benny Agbayani. No, well, I'm gonna throw them on the cart and I'll drag them away. Sorry, what they've done to you this year. I will ask. Is it, I'll say, is it against the rules? Because I don't own Asteroids in anything, but I noticed someone dropped them in my ten team league. So I was like, if you oh, get dropped in this no, league, wait, dude, wait, you did a bring out your dead for somebody you don't own. Correct. So is that is that breaking the rules? Are not nah, nah, There's no rules. There's no rules. <laughs> no this rules. It's an unwritten right. rule. You have to you have to say who's causing you pain. A quick note on John Carlos Stanton. He is younger than two out of the three guys on this pod. It's not me. <laughs> 33 years old. Oldest 33-year-old that we've seen his body age in some time. Marty, we're going to kick it back to you with your two-star pitchers. All right, awesome. Let me hop over to there. Uh, so this is coming up for uh, for next week, September 4th through September 10th. Now, I did this yesterday, which would be August 30th. There's already discrepancies. Sunday night is maybe when you'll get a good idea of who the two-star pitchers are going to be for the next week. I don't even know if we should do it for the rest of the year because of how many ups and downs and how much they change and all the different type of stuff. But nonetheless, we're going to do it this week, starting with the no-doubters. Uh, Garrett Cole versus Detroit versus Milwaukee. Spencer Strider versus St. Louis versus Pittsburgh. Strider tonight versus the Dodgers. Just about the start. I'm excited for that one. Corbin Burns at Pittsburgh at the Yankees. Pablo Lopez at the Guardians versus the Mets. And then Logan Webb at the Cubs versus Colorado. A lot of good pitchers that have two starts. I know. This is this is the good one. This is the one where actually there's not as many take a seats as usual. Um, should start Aaron Savale versus Boston and the Mariners. Lance Lynn, who also pitches tonight versus the Braves. So we'll see there. At Miami, at Washington. Jose Brio at Oakland versus KC. He should be a risky business. Because he is risky business, but those are two of the worst hitting teams in baseball. So, eh, larger league, you're probably going to start them, uh, but you never know who you're going to get with Jose Brio. Uh, Tanner Bybee versus Minnesota at the Angels. Tariq Skubal looks great this year at the Yanks versus the White Sox. Merrill Kelly versus Colorado at the Cubs. And Cole Reagans, you may have heard of him. He's everywhere, baby. Uh, versus the White Sox at Toronto. I don't even care that he's at Toronto. I just... I'm I'm all about him. I got him in two leagues. He looks absolutely incredible. Uh, going into the risky business, so these are guys that like if if you have a daily league, maybe start them for one of the uh, uh, one of the starts, maybe not the other, or just completely can them because I I can see why. Uh, Bryce Miller at Cincinnati at Tampa Bay. Jesus Lazardo versus the Dodgers at Philly. Michael Lorenzen at San Diego versus Miami. 
Brian Bello at the Rays versus Baltimore. Andrew Heaney falling from grace. Andrew Heaney uh, versus Houston versus Oakland. Uh, Gavin Williams versus Minnesota at the Angels. Kyle Hendricks back from the dead, looking great the last few months. Um, versus San Francisco versus Arizona. Hunter Green versus Seattle versus St. Louis. Same rules apply with Green. If you're in points league, I would put him as a should start just because how many Ks he's going to get. Uh, Brandon Fought versus Colorado at the Chicago Cubs. And I had Jordan Wicks here because as of yesterday, he was, but now he's been uh, bumped up because of the doubleheader. So he will not be a two-star uh, pitcher for next week. Marty, I'm surprised you uh, had Kyle yeah. Hendricks in there. It sounds like you're kind of bullish. That was the name that kind of stuck out to me as someone that should be bumped up more than the others. Or you think to be a different um, category. Let, all right, let me ask you. You're watching the, probably more Hendricks than, than all of us. Mm-hmm. W- what are you seeing from him? I, I mean, San Francisco, that's a solid matchup. San Francisco's been uh, one of the worst hitting teams. Arizona's pretty good. Um, are, would, are you starting Hendricks in a 10-team, 12-team league for next week? Um, Roto? Yeah, I mean – you know, I'm, I need wins on every team that I have. So okay. yes, because he two starts, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it, it is, you know, I think, I think he's, he's shown that he's been really strong. That's that, that game against Milwaukee. He looks so good. Uh, he's just hitting his spots Big better game, than Hendricks. He, he's been hitting his spots better than he has been for a few seasons. So I, 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 I hesitate to say Hendricks back, but I would say Hendricks back with a question mark. Um, so yeah, I probably I I may I may start him. He looks so good against Milwaukee and hitting his spots. I was gonna say he had a really rough outing the first um matchup of the month against Atlanta where he gave up seven earned in four innings, which actually isn't that bad when you're pitching to Atlanta. But Atlanta's since then so twenty twenty nine innings pitched, eight earned runs. That's good. And looking at um the WRC plus of let's see. For San Francisco, let's see where they at over the last. Marty, few you're years. the WRC plus guy of the show. Yeah, man, that, it's it's a good, it's an easy one for for teams to kind of see where league averages with this is around 100. To put that in perspective, San Francisco WRC plus over the last two weeks versus righties 88, so way under. And then the Diamondbacks, where you at Arizona? 14, uh, so 98. So yeah, I would yeah, I don't have a problem boosting up to um. To a to a should start. Um, it's 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 going to come down to if you need the the wins and you don't care that he won't get any. He probably won't get a strikeout. We we dedicated this segment to uh, Kyle Hendricks and now watch him get bombed after we make a. That's what happens. I hope not. I got him in the triple players ball and I am falling to two overall because Lucas Giolito. It's my fault for playing, but him and uh, yeah, a couple. Of, it doesn't matter. We're moving it on. Might, it might be the best thing for you that he was put on waivers and potentially skips a start. <laughs> No joke. Uh, here are the take of seats. Uh, Ken Waldachuk versus Toronto at Texas. Zach Thompson at the Braves at Cincinnati. That's going to be a tough week for Zach. Um, Peter Lambert at the Diamondbacks at San Francisco. And Luis Ortiz versus Milwaukee. And then um, at the Braves. Oh, and Jesse Schultz at KC at Detroit. If you're extremely desperate against those two teams, go ahead. But Jesse's not very good. He isn't. But And those, those are, are my two-star pitchers. Yes! Put the cap on the segment, Marty. <laughs> there we go. We missed that last week. But, Marty, we're going to stick with you. We're going to go to your party. And then we're going to talk about what has been the week in Major League Baseball with the whole Angels situation. 
All right, let's uh, let's quickly hop into these then. Uh, Marty's party. So for next, this is for this weekend. Sorry, uh, weekend hitting streamers for Friday, September first through the third. Charlie Blackman versus Toronto. Anthony Volpe at Houston and Davis Schneider at Colorado as well. Yes, he's making his uh his second appearance on the show here. Charlie Blackman, Colorado outfielder. You know he's been there for forever. Forty one percent roster in Yahoo. Three games at Coors. He's leading off every day. The last two weeks, two home runs, 11 runs. So if you're looking for runs, he's sitting right at the top of that lineup with the 473 OBP and the 556 slug. Charlie Blackman at home versus the Blue Jays. Anthony Volpe, New York Yankees shortstop, 50% rostered. Three games in Houston. He's now batting fifth in that lineup since the Yankees have just uh, let everybody go. And he actually had a home run today. So this is not including this home run. But over the last two weeks, he has three home runs, a stolen base, five runs, and seven RBI. He's going to strike out probably three times a game. But that one time he gets a hit, it might be a home run. So make sure you... It was been in the ninth inning today, too. He's clutch. Okay. Did it again. Uh, And then David Schneider, uh, Toronto Blue Jays, second baseman, 31% rostered. Three games in Coors. We talked about it. Bichette, Chapman, both out. He's hitting fourth, fifth in the lineup. Over the last seven days, three bombs, stolen base, one point two three five slug. Um, I didn't come up with who I think should be a um, who, who I'm going to invite. So I want to ask you guys, who, who should be coming over this weekend? What, what I mean, do you, do you really have to ask me? Yeah, my pick is Davis Schneider. <laughs> Davis Schneider gets invited to a party, rated PG thirteen, hosted <laughs> by Muddy Talman. Can't argue with that. Mr. Schneider, welcome to the party. And in Colorado, you know, maybe indulge a little bit in the greenery there and have a great time. Uh, I love that city. Denver's a beautiful place. David Schneider smokes marijuana in a state where it's legal (laughs) by Rob Schneider, rated PG-13. Is is David Schneider the guy? Wait, what? Yeah, he was. Oh. (laughs) That's why I didn't even ask Art. (laughs) We already got his. We love it. We love a party that David Schneider isn't invited to. Marty, you can bank on me and David crashing that one. Perfect. Guys, Bring the little one. Yeah. Guys, I want to finish out the show talking about the week that has been with the Los Angeles Angels because I can't remember a time that we have ever seen this happen. I don't know about you guys. I know you've been following baseball a little bit longer. But essentially, at the trade deadline, the Angels, who already have a weak farm system, give up some of their top prospects for Lucas Giolito, for Reynaldo Lopez. Those were the big names. And come Tuesday, before the end of August, essentially one-month rental, they're putting these guys on waivers. They know they get no compensation in terms of players. All they get is salary relief. And in essence, they're just saving one month of their salary. Like one month. For players, they just traded for it. It's an extremely frugal move. Um, and I don't say that in a good way. This is a huge black eye in the Angels organization. So I want to start there first before we go, um, to kind of the second part of this. I mean, I'll just open up the floor. What are your guys thoughts? I, oh, go ahead. No, argue I, I, I just want to push back. They are by dropping these players, they are getting below a, 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 a threshold where they're, compensation if they lose Otani, which they will, is going to be a higher compensatory draft pick than it would be if they had not gotten beneath the threshold. Thank so, God Art is in law. Because without that, like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. You have to be so smart just to be able to figure out the most ba- like 
Sorry, I interrupted. But <laughs> no, it, no, it, it sounds like, like you're reading a contract or like a, a clause. <laughs> so, like, yeah, they, they, their, their thresh, they were over a, a threshold, and they saved like six million bucks or something like that. Or yeah, I can't remember. And that brought them from so now so their compensatory draft pick for losing Otani will go from a fourth to a uh, between the fourth and fifth to between second and third, which is it's significant. But we're talking about drafting an eighteen-year-old, yeah. So it, it does it does kind of it is something. It's not a lot, I don't think. Yeah, um, I'm more of just interested to see because because like they used to have it where and i i forgot what the name of the old system was but they got rid of it so this is the new system that where they're just gonna just drop people you know if they don't want to have to pay them um but i think it's interesting that only a few teams took advantage of this like the angels really took advantage and then the tigers did with jose cisnero uh yankees with uh, harrison bader and um there's some somebody else as well but uh, yeah, I'm more interested to see like the strategy of it. Why did one team go fully into it and no one else did it? Uh, pretty much. So I don't know it's uh, it's been a weird week in that in that regard. I was saying I tweeted this out earlier. The Angels have done essentially everything wrong. You know, they hit on a generational talent with Mike Trout, but they didn't surround him with pieces. If there was a point where they should have traded him and gotten a massive haul, now he's somebody that has been injured for extended periods most years. They could have traded Otani at the deadline and gotten a haul back, and they didn't. Instead, they mortgaged their future when they were over five games back and realistically had no shot of winning the division. It was going to be a wild card spot. They got these guys for one-month rentals and everything we've talked about, but just even from the PR perspective. Yeah, what I thought was, and I thought of this like a few weeks ago, it reminds me of when LeBron James left Cleveland the first time. Where kind of everyone knew he was going to leave, but they still went all in. They got absolutely nothing on it, and then he mm-hmm. left. It was just like I, mm-hmm. I don't know how you don't trade Otani. I don't know. That's yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, and now you don't you don't have to worry about paying him that contract. You're you know you, yes you're the GM that traded him away, but if for some reason he didn't live, and we've seen now they pitched him through a torn UCL. Yeah, they could have just had him DDH, but. Now you're not that GM that pays him that astronomical salary and not saying he would ever have the rest of his career like Steven Strasburg, but that's going to haunt the Nationals for a while. That is arguably one of the worst contracts in the history of sports. And you could have not had that that burden on your shoulders. You could have put it on somebody else. It's very mind boggling. And I think the Angels should be punished in a sense. I don't think Perry Manasian. Aren't, aren't they already being punished? <laughs> you know what, though? I like there for, I guess, consequences. Like the GM, Perry Manasian, I think if that's how you say his last name, um, I think he should be out of a job without a question. It seems like he's a big guy that's backed by the owner, Artie Moreno. But Who, and Artie's very active, and that's been one of the hugest problems since his tenure. So it's, he may just be up that the GM might just be a puppet. There might like, I don't want to say people not go to games because that's how the, the, uh, cities lose their, their teams. I doubt the Angels would ever lose because they're in Los Angeles slash Anaheim. But I feel like fans should go on strike because very rarely do I say that fantasy baseball analysts could do a better job than an actual GM. But this is one of those instances where I think, yes, common sense should have prevailed. I don't know. I don't know, but it's just, 
it's embarrassing for the organization. Do you think maybe they didn't want to trade him because they knew his UCL had that in there and he wouldn't be able to pass the physical? That's a good point. I'm trying to make yeah, sense of just a, such I mean, a don't, stupid don't, situation. I mean, don't don't you think a team though, even if they know he had a torn UCL and he would only be DH like Bryce Harper, that it's valuable for a team looking to do a playoff push, even if it was yeah. a team that was looking to do a rental, you know, a la Trey Turner. Let's keep him for a postseason push and see if we can win it all. Yeah, that I mean, uh, Shohei Otani could have could have. You've been a shot to the arm to that uh, that farm system. Like you said, they traded two of their top prospects to the White Sox to get Giolito. Instead of trading away, they could have added to that system, a system that is, uh, has been ranked consistently in the bottom of, of the MLB as far as farm systems. Yeah, it would have been, it would have been a good time to move it. I mean, we, we all would have been saying, oh, can you believe? I mean, we might have said, can you believe you have Otani, you have this generational talent, and you don't go for it? I mean, it could have been damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I, I, you know, for me, the, the bigger aspect of this week was what happened once all those players were dropped and how the system works to pick up players. Because as Marty said, this changed. It used to be uh, if you put in a waiver claim, you had to work out a trade. I, I, this was the way you can get a, a player picked up in August. A player would go through, you put in a claim, then you could work out a trade. You had to send, you know, Rob Silver. I, 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 I tweeted back and forth with him, uh, or ex, I don't even know. I, uh, I tweeted back and forth with him. He's like, yes, you know, you get a 27 year old relief pitcher in single A sent back to your team, but you did have to, you did have to give something up. When you, when you, uh, put in a claim for one of these players, the way it works now, um, every player, like the A's could have picked up every player that was dropped if they wanted every single one. And they didn't because that would have been really stupid. But if you're trying to fight for a playoff spot, these, these, these are valuable players, and you had to give up very little. You had to drop someone from your – you had to have room on your 40-man roster or make room on your 40-man roster. It's the only thing you had to do. And as we see, uh, the Indians picked up three players, and the Reds picked up two players. Uh, the Giants, we just talked about how poor their offense is. They're a game up on the Reds right now. They would have loved to get uh, – uh, Hunter Renfro. I'm sure they would have been happy to get someone like Harrison Bader uh, to help their team. They couldn't because they were one game up on the Reds. The Reds were able to bolster a problem area on their team, picking up two valuable MLBers, two established major league players. One who's a very good defender in Harrison Bader, one who's a power bat in their in their home run happy ballpark for dropping Alejo Lopez. A 27-year-old who hasn't played in the major leagues this year, and Michael Ciani, who I, I don't even know who that is. Uh, they were able a member to of the mafia. Yeah, Michael Ciani is a member of the mafia. This is this is um, this is uh, unfair. I, I I I think, and I think it's gonna like this system. If the, if teams are gonna start doing this, this this is a system that needs to be reworked. Almost feels collusionary. Yeah, it could be. Like it, it, 
it, it feels like it's on the line or like a team like the Guardians that like, you know, I, I don't know where the twins are in the, um, queue or in the waiver order prior to the Guardians. The Guardians who are five game back of the twins, I think if they were really active and wanting to win, they would have done something at the trade deadline instead of trading away Josh Bell. But this almost seems like a defensive move. Like, we don't want our uh, in-division rival to get these players, so we're just going to claim all three. Yeah, with the Guardians specifically, they took two out of three versus Minnesota. So that kind of got them back into it. Now they have a series coming up here. I forgot who. And then they play Minnesota again. So I think in their minds, they're like, okay, if we can just you know get that get Giolito, maybe we can make a little bit of a run there. I'm excited that the Guardians actually did something positive for their baseball team to win. That's actually pretty cool. Um, what I don't understand is how the Reds can like let's say if we were doing like a waiver wire for like fantasy, you couldn't just pick up five people at once, you know, one person, then it keeps going through. I, I think that's interesting that there's no like limit to it. Like you can just get as many as you do you want them all or you want one, you want two, and you just go from there. It's pretty wild. Yeah, and you know, our talk about the the Giants not getting anybody. That's they're separated by the Reds by a couple games. You know, one game that separates you in August could be the difference in September. And it's just crazy to think about. I think we haven't seen this a lot before in MLB. This is the first time I've really remembered it in recent memory. And hopefully it's something they change to make it a more even playing field. There's already no salary cap as is. So gentlemen, anything else to add? Um, as someone who owns Hunter Renfro and Harrison Bader, I think it's an upgrade for Hunter because he wasn't really playing. He was playing just about as much anyway. He was going to be like a, like a weak side platoon, I think, best best case scenario. Um, Bader's great at defense. You know, they're, they're going to love him in the outfield. But I think like they're all just going to be now sharing time. So it's kind of um, – it sucks across, I think, for fantasy just in general. Yeah. It's interesting. Somebody of Lucas Giolito's caliber will have been on three teams this season. Did did you see the tweet? Uh, Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez have been traded three times together and both signed by the Guardians. So this is the fourth team that they have been from the moved Nationals to the, to White, the White Sox, Sox. Sox, White Sox to the Angels, Angels to the Guardians together. No way! Yeah, together. Either they love each other or they hate each other. <laughs> There's no in between. Oh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> At this point, why not? What, else, what are you doing? They're probably rooming with each other. Yeah. Do you, you think the Indians can do anything to help? They, I mean, they're they're noted as being maybe pitching I, gurus. I, I if there's they're one of the five staffs, you know, uh, coaching the de- pitching development teams that I would be excited for Lucas to go to. Yeah, um, and he's he's had a relatively bounce back year compared to last year. He was yeah, just last. the last few weeks have been, you know, absolutely brutal. Yeah. But no one goes to the Angels, especially a pitcher, and does better. That's yeah, true. He he had a couple of tough matchups too. I remember he had a uh, outing at Atlanta where he was good through the first three and then got bombed in the fourth. You know, it's got to be tough, especially moving from you know Midwest to West Coast in you know, different time zones, different schedule. Plus, I'm pretty sure he's going through a divorce too. Not to get personal on it, but how do you geez. know that? Uh, he does Usually. interviews with uh, Chris Rose oh. all the time on the Rose rotation. Now, I don't think that actually came up, but because of that, I'm just a fan of good old Lucas, and I'm pretty sure that's uh, yeah. 
think that's I, he's, he's going through that. I'm pretty. He may have posted it on uh, online. That wow, not, what a third. Does, <laughs> like do we know any girls in the uh, Cleveland area that have a uh, Bumble or Tinder and see if <laughs> on there? Yeah, that will be the real. That, yeah, that just, will just, be the real test to see if he's single. To raise his spirits. Yeah. <laughs> It is interesting to see. I feel like most of the time I'm the one that finds the tidbits of players, you know, random stuff about their personal life. But I, you're right. I mean, compound that with a divorce and he's probably not in the best mental space to pitch. But fellas, good talk. Can't believe we're into September tomorrow as we go into the last month of fantasy baseball and essentially the last month of the regular baseball season. Anything that you would keep your eye on, whether that be playoff races, betting-wise, as a teams you think you can make a run, players to target strategy? I will say that um, the the Justin Verlander strikeout on Miggy was plus 350. So I did I did pretty good there. I love uh, that. Yeah, it was a good one. Um, I knew Verlander was going to bring it. But overall, um, just going to close out the season as, as good as you can. I'm out of fab in two of my leagues. So I got like three bucks left in LARP. So I don't know what the hell I'm going to do there. That was uh, oversight. Um, so yeah, uh, keep, stay on your fab. If, if you're still in this, keep pushing. You never know. Even if you, even if you finish top five instead of like seventh or eighth, keep at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the pitching is going to get even crazier. So make sure you're keeping an eye on probables and who they're going to pick, and bring up and all those different types of things. So um, and other than that, just enjoy it. It's championship time. Yeah, pitching at this time of year, matchups coming. You look look at the schedule. If if that's your that's something you like to do, the schedule's more important, almost more important than talent at this point. Especially teams are going to look completely different in two weeks too when they start bringing up and sitting people and all this kind of stuff. So yeah, this is this is the time when the most people leave, and this is the opportunity where there's tons of stuff going on all the time. So you could really make a lot of strides in these next four weeks. Yeah, I jumped last season. I jumped from fourth or fifth to second in the last week of the season. So that, you know, keep going, keep grinding. You're, you know, you can climb, you can definitely climb and you can also play spoiler. Um, this is all, this is fun. You know, have your fun. Uh, I'm playing spoiler in the home league because, uh, I, I had a tough run of, of poor losses, uh, in the head to head. So I'm hoping to play spoiler. Get get your get your uh your yum any way you can this fantasy <laughs> baseball season. Let me tell you, Art actually had a, a really brutal stretch. This is the reality of head to head leagues is you play someone that's higher scoring than you. But seeing that L seven next to his name, I felt bad, but oh man. Woke up with a smile each day and that number just got larger and larger and the playoff chances went down and down. <laughs> Seven straight losses in 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 the crunch time of the season. Yeah, in the in, in the summer days where the days are longest, they were especially long for Art as he endured loss. After loss, we don't have to do seven losses in this, in that, uh, in that, in it. And we don't have to say it seven times. We don't. <laughs> but thanks for everybody that tunes into Triple Play Fantasy. Yes, thank you guys. We are going to keep bringing it through the rest of the season because we do not like to take weeks off here. So we'll be back at you next week. Comment with Bring Out Your Dead. Let us know any questions that you might have and tune in. And to steal David's saying for this week, we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. See ya in week 24.